Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and this is Powered Up Talk Radio and we are going to be talking about happiness. Today we're going to be talking about authentic living and how to pull things from the inside out and some better after 50 issues. And these are near and dear to my heart, Linda, because I have been going through and I don't know if it's it's fall coming or the kids going back to school and, you know, me having to make all these adjustments. It just gets harder as I get older to make all these adjustments. And I got this little app on my phone. It's a period tracker, you know, that tracks your monthly cycle. And you can push a little button, like how you feel that day. And there should have been one like four days before my start time that was just like this vicious monster, because that's who I'm turning into. And I can't tell if it's hormones, if it's just the age, if it's just burning out as a single mom, you know, or this, you know, approaching 50. I really don't know. It's just, it's been really hard for me lately. Well, I think the first step that you need to take is go to someone and have your hormone levels checked because you're at that age when, you know, you're definitely in perimenopause and that can really play havoc with your emotions and how you feel. So I, I you do it by the process of elimination and, and that would be a first step uh, that I would take. And that was the first step that I did take. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, from from recovering, taking longer to recover from my workouts to just not seeming to handle things emotionally as I used to, just like things that would roll off my back. They don't bother me as much anymore, or they're just huge bothers. Like I can't sleep bother. Like there just seems to be a pendulum and I swing from one end to the other. Well, if you're tracking your, your cycles, then, and you said four days before, I think that's a good indication that it might be your hormone level starting to, to do wacky things. And yeah. Then, I mean, know, is we, it, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know much about menopause. I don't, I don't, I don't have any friends that I know are going through it. So I can really ask. And, you know, it's kind of this bewildering thing, you know, at least in school, when you're little, and you're going to get your period, they give you classes, you know, it's coming, they say, Oh, this is a tampon, this is a pad, you know, but when you're in menopause, it's like just too bad for you. Well, there's a lot of information out there, and I think that every woman just has to, you know, sort of take the bull by the horns. Nobody likes to think that they're they're approaching menopause or or they are in menopause because, you know, the old way says, okay, you're done. You're old. <laughs> That's it. Um, but, you know, there's so many things that you can do now, and you feel terrific, And um, but you have to get your body back in alignment. And, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in that. And, um, 
you know, I've been doing I've been doing bioidentical hormones for my goodness, uh, fifteen years, and I plan to do them uh, for as long as I'm around because I, you know, I just think that they do wonderful things for your body. Well, that's good because I'm glad that there's a light at the end of the tunnel because when I look at like, you know, these better after 50 issues, I'm like, I'm hard pressed to find out, like, I can't predict what's better after 50, but I'm interested in talking, you know, to you and to our guest today, Maura Sweeney, who um, is an expert in some of these issues and she's a living, happy, inside out girl. So these things are right up my alley. Well, in order, in order to work out the other parts of being over 50, the emotional parts, um, I think that you have to first attend to the physical part because if you don't feel good, if you feel crappy, if you're gaining weight, if you're, you know, all of a sudden you've got muffin tops all over the place and, and, you know, and your skin is dry and you look in the mirror and you say, OMG, what's going on here? I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's really hard to, to get it all, pull it all back in so that you're feeling good again. So I think that you first, I think the first step is feeling better. And right now, you're very lucky to be in a time that there are so many products that can make you feel better. And once you're feeling better and you feel more like yourself, then you can think about all of these other things that we talk about constantly, like the spiritual stuff and, and, you know, getting your head on and, and just, you know... You know, all, just everything that you have to do to kind to to, to feel good, because I mean that's that's where it's at, and with, especially what's going on now in in our country and all this craziness going on. And every time you turn on the television, you just say, "Oh my God, could things any be any worse?" So you have to like pull yourself away from that and just kind of. I call it living in your own bubble, but it's a it's a bubble of good. It's a bubble of happy, so that you can sort of withstand all of the outside pressures that 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 really want to seep in. Are you there? I am. <laughs> you might have we might have lost Sandra. I don't know. Oh, I know because she's usually. <laughs> this is funny because she usually doesn't give me so much time before chiming in. So that's oh. why I had to say, "Are you there?" I, I something happened. So we can continue on. Um, I don't know if you agree with me, but you know that that's my that's my opinion on all of you know on this aging thing. Well, if. I was taking notes as I was listening to you, Linda. I tend to be one of those reflective people who notices that, oh, you know what? I'm getting a lot of feedback. Are you? Um, I am not. Oh, I have what what was happening with you earlier where I'm speaking and I'm hearing myself all over again. But I think we now have um, Sandra back on. Do we, Sandra? I am. It's like Mercury's in retrograde or like maybe my hormones reached into my computer and just jammed them up. It might be my bad energy today. I'll try to keep it to myself. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Uh, I told you, I think you have very excellent energy. Just you, the few emails you sent me, I thought, oh my gosh, I'd really like to get on this lady's show. <laughs> oh, well, here you are. Here you are. I know. And Linda as well. So anyway, somebody take control and then 
I'll chime in where I'm supposed to. <laughs> I will okay. take control. I'm going to ask you more. Did you feel this way? You know, Linda's so great with me. She's like big sister, mother figure for me, you know, kind of walking me through what's next. She's working on my skin right now. But, you know, for the hormone things, like, did you find that was part of your transition? Well, I think mine might have been a little different from other people. Although, Linda, I'll tell you, I just happened to take down a note when you said bio, bio identical hormones. Oh, Looking yes. at your photo, I'm thinking, wow, you look fantastic. And mine, she looks like that in good person. For 92, right? <laughs> good for you. <laughs> well, mine no, has a different twist. Um, Go ahead. This is my background. And I think that maybe I don't know if I fall within the... Um, let's say the, uh, the norm, because when I was much younger in my twenties, I had my thyroid removed. And so I spent years on thyroid supplement. And then when I was about 45, I just totally went off of it, never had a period again. So I can't even say I went through typical things that other did. I, others did. I think that I had certain physiological changes in my body because I was dealing with, um, what thyroid or hyperthyroidism was doing to me. Um, but I'll tell you, I'm pretty happy. Would I like to be a little thinner? Yes. Would I like my skin to be a little more supple? Absolutely. But I don't think that I went through a lot of those emotional highs or lows that a lot of other women going through the changes ever had. See, and I don't have a thyroid either. I had thyroid cancer when I was 13 and my thyroid was removed. So at least three quarters of it, there's a little bit of functioning low. But, you know, I was just, I, I, I just... I don't know. I'm just having a bad week. And I'm, I like to share it on the air because a lot of times everybody's all perky and I listen to other people's radio shows. And I'm like, God, they're so happy and I want to just rip the head off a dog. But, um, you know, I'm glad that you guys can can share this with me because every woman is different. Absolutely. And I think sometimes when we want to be like everybody else or constantly compare ourselves with others, we get very nervous. But I also think it's important. Everybody has up days, down days. Everybody's going to have emotional and physical highs and lows. And what I, I picked up another thing that Linda said, and I thought, well, I definitely relate to this. She referred to um, creating her own little bubble. And from the time I was young, I would always do that. Uh, no matter what I was going through socially, physically, it didn't matter. Um, I would create my own little bubble thought and I would pull myself away from, let's say, a lot of external stimulations or things that were really disturbing me. And I would find good things to think about, things that I knew were true. And that would be how I would manage myself, my life, my equilibrium, my peace of mind, always from that inside space outwardly, because it's really easy. I could get, I could probably be like so many other people out there running around trying to do everything to fix my life. Or whenever I have an issue, get quiet, get a little bit centered, find out what's true for me and what I'm being led to and just simplify my life. And oftentimes things that were big issues tend to go away when I live that way. So if that's anything for you, there you go, Sandra. There you go. My, my, my therapy for the, uh, for the hour, <laughs> right, Linda? No, absolutely. And last week we were talking about, you know, these voices in our head, this constant monkey chatter. And if you, and it's not easy, but if you can learn to kind of tune that out by whatever method you choose, it certainly makes a lot easier because, you know, that monkey chatter absolutely means nothing and all it ever does is make you miserable. And it makes us go crazy. I need to take us to commercial break. I'll be the monkey chatter today in everybody's head. Uh, my name is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Power to 
Up Talk Radio. And our guest today, who has joined us very early in the show, which we're super happy for. We had some technical issues, so I apologize for that, is Maura Sweeney. And her site, so you guys can can log on and look at her while we listen to her the rest of the show, is Maura, M-A-U-R-A, the number for you, like Maura for you.com. She is a live happy on the inside out girl. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about some of the issues that we've been sharing and how can we really live happy from the inside out. Out despite what's going on in our lives, despite our hormone up and down. And if you're like me and you have a teenager marinating in hormones, and apparently I'm marinating in hormones too, you're going to want to stay tuned after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Did you know you can burn as many calories in 45 minutes of yard work as in 30 minutes of aerobics? Yard work is a total body workout consisting of pushing, pulling, lifting, and carrying. Using a push mower alone can burn 300 to 500 calories in an hour. Raking and bagging with a pooking fork, that's a fork often used in gardening, burns about 330 calories per hour. Cleaning and digging with the dibble, that little hand spade, can burn approximately 400 calories an hour. Stay fit by horb-gorbling. That's just puttering around the yard. To me, a perfect summer day is when the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and the lawnmower is broken. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin on Powered Up Talk Radio. And our guest today is media expert, darling, wonderful girl, living happy on the inside out kind of girl, who's going to join us today to talk about how do we find our inner happiness. And uh, Linda, you know, 
you and I have talked a lot about journaling recently, and I think that has been a big help for me. Is it still a good help for you, too? Well, yeah, I, I don't journal every day, and um, I journal when, when, when my, button is, my buttons are pushed. When my buttons are pushed and something upset me or I feel weepy or I feel angry or I feel unhappy, that's when I reach for my journal because then it kind of just comes out of me. But if I'm just having like I just a, a normal day and everything is going fine, I don't feel the need to journal. So, yes, the journal is um, it's there when I need it to be there. Maura, do you journal? Is that part of your your kind of happiness protocol you go through day day in and day out? Yes. However, I would agree with Linda. I journaled for years on a very, almost a religious basis. Um, I love journaling because it was part of my being able to, first of all, learn from others, write down things that I felt were important or meaningful to me. But then also I started using journalism as a way of writing down my own thoughts. Sometimes I was writing down dreams or interpretations that I would get for things in my life maybe that previously hadn't made sense and suddenly I would have some aha moments. Um, whenever I would get clarity on something, um, I would write in my journal. And um, I have journals and journals going back several years. Here's the interesting thing about them. I would use them really for good. I was always looking for the answers to life. Where do we find peace? Where do we find purpose? And the great thing about journaling, and I had even done a video on this, I called it your mental holiday, is that, or your mental break, is that when there was something good, a moment that I was living in, and I had an understanding or a bigger understanding of something in life, and I would write it down in natural handwriting, I could go back to my journal and be immediately in that same moment again. So not only was I looking at words, but I was also getting the feeling. I was getting the revelation. Lately, I will tell you this, though, Sandra and Linda both. I do less day-to-day journaling. Uh, now, as you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a blogger, I'm a podcaster, I'm a speaker. Um, I think that I spend less time doing that, but it doesn't mean that I'm any less reflective. And a lot of what I write down now is more for public consumption when in the past I was doing it more for just my own thoughts and um, awareness. Well, I tend to just write mean things about people, <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know, about my kids, about my family, about my friends, you know. <laughs> I haven't gotten any big epiphanies and maybe I need to dig deeper or maybe there's just layers of like anger on top of it. But I find I sit down and really just let it rip. And I think, you know, Linda's Linda's so good about getting me to speak up. I tend to swallow a lot of things and maybe that's the only way that they can come out. Well, then I think that's a very good thing. It's probably very healthy, too, because if you have a chance to put to paper some of the feelings you've got or the even the anger or frustration issues, it's a very clear way of doing it or getting that information out there and looking at it objectively without, let's say, spewing out at somebody and saying things maybe that later on you would regret. I think that's very, very healthy. And I think there's a lot of stuffing that a lot of us engage in, a lot of it, and uh when we stuff, we don't have an opportunity to objectively look at those issues that are burning inside of us or really causing us to lose our desire for life or lose that zest for life. 
Well, you know, Linda, funny, I mean, one of the things that you've always been helpful for is speaking up. But whenever I'm in a conflict situation, I go completely blank. I know there's a lot of people out there who are not good at arguing, not good at conflict. You're very good at clearly articulating things, especially even when you have feelings. How did you were you born that way or was that just natural for you? Was I born that way? I don't remember if I was born that way. And, and I, I think that I was, I never was ashamed to, to say I was angry. Maybe I was ashamed to say I was sad. I don't remember. You know, I don't have very vivid memories of my childhood. But um, as an adult, I would say that I sort of speak my mind. Because if, if I'm feeling it, I, you know, I'm not... I'm the type of person, um, if I'm angry, I let it out. It's sort of like a radiator going, and then the pressure goes down. Um, that's me. I'm not one to stuff it inside and sort of just keep it there and get ulcers. Hmm. Maura, hmm. what about you? Oh, you know, I love conversations like this because I get to compare and contrast. And I was even going back into my old, my own childhood. I was someone who loved asking questions. I always wanted to know the why. I wanted to know when things didn't make sense. And I would say I never hesitated to ask a question that would help me learn. But I would probably um, tend to also say that there were emotional things that pertain to me that I did not feel comfortable sharing. And there were a lot of parts of me that I kept probably very close to the vest. And I would say over the course of time, growing up, I was in corporate management for many years, and there were a lot of conflicts that I needed to learn how to resolve with people in in positive ways. It was actually a good thing for me because it helped me separate emotions from what it is that we wanted to accomplish. And so I think it's really, sometimes it's just training for us. You know, many women deal with all kinds of things, and so do men. Men don't like showing their emotions. Women might be considered overly emotional. I could remember being in school. I never minded asking any of those questions that would make me feel or look as if I didn't know what was going on. Um, but I do know that it took me a while to share some of my inner thoughts with other people publicly. And writing actually helped me a great deal to do that. And I feel a lot healthier for it as a result and a lot more balanced. You know, I think of our one of our jobs in, in, in our lifetime is to discover, you know, who we are, you know, what what makes us tick, what makes us happy, why we're here, all of this purpose stuff. Um, and the journaling helps helps a little bit with that. But, you know, the quiet time is, is the most important. I have the luxury of more quiet time than Sandra, so I am, I'm definitely more introspective. And I'm lucky enough to have some friends that, you know, I can have these, these discussions with. I think, and as you get older, you, you really do care less what other people um, are thinking about you. You, you just want to be with people that you kind of jibe with. Um, Sandra was in New York recently, and, and um, she and a friend of mine, we went out to dinner. And it was just such a wonderful night because everybody was on the same wavelength. Everybody was happy. There was no tension. There was, you know, it was just, it was just easy, easy. I, you know, I love that word, easy. And in contrast to that, the next week I went out with some people, and it was, it was almost painful to be with them because there was, there was tension. There was 
you know, there was no really common ground, and it was just, it was awful. I couldn't wait to get home. So, you know, you, I think you constantly are discovering new things about, you, you, you know, yourself. This weekend, I was sitting in Connecticut, and I was watching this movie, Fly Away Home, and I don't know if you've ever seen it about the, the, the young girl with the ducks and her father who made this sort of little mini plane because the ducks didn't know how to migrate, so they, 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 the, they thought the ducks would follow them so that they would get on some sort of a migration trail. I don't know. It was, it was a, a wonderful movie, but it was, about little, it was about a little girl and ducks, and I found myself crying my eyes out. I don't know why. I don't know what it struck, but, you know, I, I had to really think about it. <laughs> we do strange things. I'm thinking about that movie, too. And if I remember it correctly, it was very tender-hearted. Yes. And yeah, it, uh, it I, was. Getting... And she had come to live with her dad. Um, she was from New Zealand. I guess the mother... Um, had passed away, so she came to live with the dad that she really didn't know, and it was on this farm in in Canada. And you know, it, you know, obviously she was very estranged there, and she didn't know her dad. And and they 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 got together in a lovely relationship, you know, through these ducks. And I, it was beautiful. <laughs> it really was. Well, sometimes the very simple things in life are the things that really do touch us and that really do make us happy. And how wonderful to be able to discern the difference between when we feel miserable or when we feel, let's say, out of sorts or in an environment that really is not at the same, um, could you say, vibratory level as we are. And other times when you do feel like everything is easy and you can just be yourself and you could feel free to be to be you, to enjoy those in your um, in your company, it's great. Right. So whatever it is great. that makes you happy from the inside, I think it's yes. a great it's yes. a great way of leading your life to say, all right, how do I feel in this situation? Do I want to keep coming back to it if it's making me feel miserable or uptight? Right. I th- you know we have to be conscious. That's a you know that's a really important word, and I think so many people are walking around now they're not conscious. I, you know I live in New York City, and there isn't one person that's walking down the street or in the elevator of my apartment building that has isn't attached to a phone. They're not conscious. They're 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 living their life through 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 the iPhone. I mean it just it just boggles. Even at the gym, they're sitting there at the gym with the phone with glued to their ear. It's not just New York. You, it, I was in New York a few weeks ago, and yes, I did notice it. It is everywhere, Linda. But I will say there are a lot of people who are waking up and becoming more conscious of themselves, of their value systems, of their desires, of their relationships, uh, places they go, people they're with, buying patterns. Uh, so it's almost like we're looking at two opposite things at the same time. Well, we are, girls, and I need to take us to commercial break. Uh, this is Powered Up Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Our guest today is Maura Sweeney, and her website, if you want to check it out, is Maura, M-A-U-R-A for you dot com. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about authenticity and how we can be ourselves, especially if we've been somebody else for the past 50 years. So I'm excited to see what Maura and Linda have to say about this topic. I'm sure you will, too. So more after these messages.
we've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. Do you want to get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your high on life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. recording of our own voice, it always sounds different than we think. This is because the bones in our skull create a resonance from within that makes our voice sound deeper to us. But our recorded voice is how others hear us. I'm sure I'm not the first person who has uttered the words, I really don't sound like that. Do I? Margaret Thatcher famously underwent vocal training to lower her voice and make her sound more statesmanlike. Recently, British Airways polled Americans and Britons to see who they believed had the sexiest voices. Morgan Freeman was voted number one. If a judge loves the sound of his own voice, expect a long sentence. What's a word for a person who loves to hear the sound of their own voice? A philodox. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for, for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin. And we are visiting today with Maura Sweeney, and we are going to talk about our authentic self. Now, before you roll your eyes and go, oh, my God, another Be Yourself, Be Yourself, rah, rah fest. Um, I think it's really important that we define some of these things because, like, Linda, Linda, you are one of the most authentic women I have ever met. I see you in pictures. I've read your work. I've met you in person. They all line up. Like, I really admire that about you. And one of the things that I struggle with is I keep reinventing myself, you know, in careers, you know, am I single? Am I married? A single mom? Divorced? All these different roles have left me really confused as I approach midlife as to who is the authentic Sam? Because I'm at once all things to all people, and then I'm just this nasty little person who writes mean things in her journal. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so more I'm going to throw the mic say. to you first. I'm going to ask you for your definition of authenticity, and then, Linda, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Oh, I'm still smiling on this side because I could just get a, a great picture of you, Sandra. But you know what? Believe it or not, you're coming across extremely authentic right now because you're just all out there without hiding uh, your issues, your your fears, your confusion. You know what? I think about being authentic. I love the word to be harmonized. You know, there are people do talk about it, but let me tell you, my whole background was one where I was so inauthentic. I was so uncomfortable in my skin, with my name, with um, the way I was brought up, 
with the artifice that was around me that I just, I was totally out of harmony with myself. And it was my desire to feel at peace, to feel like I was harmonious, that the things I thought about, the values that I had, the ways in which I wanted to express myself, um, all became one. And I will share this with you. It took me decades to get there because I had a lot of undoing to do. The undoing, things like, all right, I'm in the middle of a, oh, let's say a a gathering with some of my peers, maybe in high school. And I find myself all of a sudden exaggerating about something. And suddenly I hear myself and I'm thinking, why did I just say that? That wasn't even true. (laughs) I mean, we go through things like that because we want to fit in, because we want to feel relevant, because we don't want to be left out of maybe a peer group or a social group or any group that we feel we need to be part of. And it causes us to adopt a life of artificiality, of artifice, of affectation. And I think about being authentic as, okay, if there's something that doesn't feel right, that's not making me feel free, that makes me feel, um, well, you could say out of sorts or tightened up or losing my energy. What is that one little thing you know? If you just learn one thing you've been doing that is not you, then use it as an aha moment to say, okay, I need to revisit this thing, step out of it, and maybe delete it from my life or adjust the way in which I'm responding and reacting to it. And I think it's a lifelong process. Linda, you mentioned earlier that um, you know there are many things that you're aware of things that you feel comfortable in and things that you don't. And it's a process in life. But boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, the more you can age your way into this as you go through different facets and phases in life to say, okay, this feels good, this feels real, or this feels totally not real for me. I'm not liking it. I need to step out. I need to change. These are all things I always point to like the internal Happiness GPS. We'll use GPSs all the time to travel geographically from point A to B, but very rarely do we consider a GPS of our emotional um, positioning within ourselves, how we feel, how relaxed we are, how at home we feel, or how artificial we feel, or how much we feel we have to project ourselves in order to keep up or stay within the uh, the confines of a group or a career or whatever it may be. So, um, well, and, and Linda had this great emotional hoarding, you know, concept, and you've got the emotional GPS. Linda, what do you think about authenticity, being yourself, being authentic? I, yeah, I think that you know, if you want to go through life and 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 be. Be okay with yourself, and you have to be authentic. But, you know, it takes time, and Maura was saying it's decades, yeah. I mean, when I left Wall Street um, after 25 years, I, you know, I had a label there, I had, and, and people knew me as that. And it was, I mean, it took me 10 years at least to get over not being that person with that label anymore. It was horrible. You know, it was horrible. And, and it's sort of redefining yourself. And, and I think a lot of women go through that. I don't know, maybe more so than men because they're more sensitive. But, you know, re, redefining yourself, finding something else that makes you, you know, feel good. And, you know, and sometimes it, you have to go from thing to thing to thing because 
you know, you, you wonder if you're ever going to find it. But I think that the most important thing that you have to find is just that inner peace in, in, inside mm-hmm. of you. So no matter what you're doing, you're going to feel okay because you're okay with yourself. You're not worrying about what the outside is 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 thinking, doing. It, it's it's just about maybe it sounds it's about you. It is very good point. You know when you say it's about you, we as even I would say this is a female thing too. We make it about others, and it's okay, and it's also empowering to make it about you. Do you know most of the time if we keep trying to make it all about others, more, more all about fitting in or um, being acceptable in whatever environment we find ourselves and don't give ourselves opportunity to discover what it is about ourselves that we like, what our values are, what our interests and curiosities are, maybe some skills we want to develop are, um, then we will always be disempowered. We'll always be dispirited. And Sandra, you know how you say you're jumping from one thing to another trying to find your way? I would love to encourage you to think about it in reverse. Why not consider the flip side of your thinking that everything you're doing is helping you to discover who you really are? And the other side of it too is this. You know, every there are some people who will never leave a mold. They may have grown up in a mold matured into a mold, took on um, an occupation or a position in life, whether it's one that's career-related or at home, and never gotten out of it, never escaped. But for those who are willing to move from place to place to place, you end up becoming so much more elastic. Your life becomes a tool chest of experiences and learning and exposure to new things. And it's in that process that you actually can weed out what part of you is real, what part of you eh, doesn't really mean that that much. You find things that are important to you, things that you do value and other things that you don't. I think it's extremely healthy to do that. But one other thing I want to add to it, Think ultimately about what it is that you are looking for. Like, remember how you said earlier, I do my journal, but I write about all nasty things I want to say about people. (laughs) Think about one of these things. Why not, when you're on your own, Sandra, think about what kinds of great things you would like in your life and make that an emotional goal. Because when you rephrase it, you'll find that even if you do get angry, even if you do lash out, even if you want to pull your hair out, yell at your kids or whatever you're doing, that if you keep your eye emotionally on that ball as to where you really do want to go, every little thing you do will help get you to that end point. And it's a positive thing rather than, oh, what's happening to me now? (laughs) Well, mine is usually a kind of a theme, and then I want to throw the mic over to Linda because I love when you guys shrink me. But my theme is always like, how can you guys keep asking me for things? Why do you keep putting me in the position of, no, I'm the single mom in the neighborhood. I'm the one who cares for my dad. I'm the one that I work full time. And all you broads sit home, you know, with your husband's paycheck and then call me for, for, to, to help and do things. And, you know, that's like the crux of my nastiness. And I don't know what's wrong with me that that just sticks in my. My craw. Linda, your turn. <laughs> Go ahead. I, you know, I, you know, I've heard this before, and you know, I chose there's a magic little word that 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 only is two letters. It's called no. Yeah. 
and that's it. I, I mean, know, it but I feel hate to say no. You have to say it puts no. me in an awful huh? mood. What? I hate to say no. I don't. Well, it puts me in an awful mood. Like, how do you retrain yourself? That uh, you've told me again and again, no is a good thing, but it always feels so crummy. Well, get over it. Because that's the little <laughs> voice in your head that's, that's saying, oh, my God, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a good person. I'm saying, no, I should be doing this, should, 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 should. You know, I, I think the secret to, to a lot of this is, you know, just getting out of your own way. Life is always giving you opportunities, and if we're, uh, if we're not in our head thinking and, and, you know, trying to think the next, the next stop, you know, that it's good, that it's bad, that this person likes me, that this person doesn't like me. No, I don't think I ought to do that because, you know, it's not going to work for me. But, you know, life is giving us opportunities if we just step back and just, you know, just go for it without any kind of craziness going on. I, you know, we're going to learn from those experiences. And, and I think that we're going to be a lot happier just you know, trying new things without a whole a whole bunch of you know yes nos and maybes attached to them. I agree. Um, you know, I, I need to add something here, Sandra. When my daughter was young, I was homeschooling her, and it was like living with a clairvoyant. That girl could understand everything that was going through me, even though I was not trying to speak of them. And one day, she said to me, "Mom." Why do you do everything out of guilt and obligation? Now, mm. I had I stopped. I was on my way down the stairs, and it was as if, oh, my gosh, she just hit me reading my own mail. I was in my mid-40s, and I thought, that sums up my life. I have worked so hard to make sure that I don't feel guilty, that I am, le- that I am up to every single obligation. But, Sandra, as we learn that that's been a negative motivator for us, and we're always fearful that maybe somebody won't like us or we'll feel terrible for saying no. We actually can turn that around and use it as an aha moment to say, wait a minute, am I doing this for the right reason or the wrong? Am I medicating myself by thinking, oh, maybe if I do one more thing, I won't feel badly or I won't feel guilty. Take those as wake up calls to say, what small incremental thing can I do right now to adjust a little bit? What, how can I use this as a gift in life to get me from where I currently am emotionally, physically, time-wise and move me just a little bit in the direction I want to go? And sometimes we can become too much of a hindrance to other people's growth when we're always there for them. Okay, I need to take us to commercial break. Maura Sweeney, Linda Franklin, Powered Up Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. Open the sky. 
For more on the show and your host, check out her website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. a book titled The Art of Doing Nothing by Veronica Vienne in our guest room by the bed. I'm telling you, this book is an impossible challenge. In the state of Maine, it's said that someone who bottoms chairs for a living is lazy, presumably because one's bottom is perpetually in the chair. To sozzle means to laze around or perform a task in a sloppy way. The word is mainly found in New England. A quote from 1848 describes the term as used by housekeepers in certain parts of Connecticut to refer to a lazy person. Other words for lazy people are abbey lovers, scabberlatchers, and slaughter pooches. To me, the ultimate love lolly is someone who is too lazy to even fake like they're working. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin and Maura Sweeney, and we are talking about reinvention. Now, this is something that we all have to go through, whether we do it by choice or because of life circumstances. I had to reinvent myself as a single mom. I've had like, I don't know, 10 careerlets. I I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up and I'm approaching midlife. So I think I'm actually pretty good at the reinvention part, much better than the saying no part. But maybe that's just the yes in me. wants to participate. But we're going to talk this segment about how do we change from one identity to another. And I'm going to go to Linda first, because you had a pretty significant identity change when you left Wall Street. And then we'll go to Maura for what she has to contribute. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's traumatic. I mean, there's so many people out there that say, well, you know, it's, it's, reinvention is, is not as difficult as you, as you think it is. Well, I, I thought it was terribly difficult. Um, and it takes time. And it, you know, you keep saying about what I do. And, and I think when you can go from what I'm doing to who I'm being, things, it, it eases it out. It eases the tension. It, it, you're not so hard on yourself. You know, right now, instead of, I, I'd rather be me, be happy, be content, be, you know, learning about myself than, than doing. So, I mean, that's, you know, again, that's just me. But, you know, I've tried a lot of things, and I think just going into that being stage is, is, is working for me. But, you know, I, I was so tra- traumatized when I left Wall Street that I, I didn't want to walk past my doorman in the morning because, you know, I was, what's he thinking of me? Why, why aren't I at work? I mean, you know, that's pretty crazy, right? Yes, it is, but it's very <laughs> relatable, Linda. Wow, because yeah. you were your position on Wall Street, correct? 
You were that position. And when the position is removed, you say, okay, now who am I? And especially when you think the world views you that way. Um, Mine, I didn't have as much of of a difficult time leaving, but I remember a really tough thing for me was having been groomed all of my life according to the family plan. And the family plan is that I would follow in my grandfather's footsteps. He was a very... uh, very powerful New York, New Jersey attorney. And people decided from the time I was five, I was going to be a lawyer. I was halfway through law school thinking, I am, I'm the walking dead. I have got to get off this path. And then I thought, oh, now what am I going to be? I had no other plan B uh, halfway through law school. But then I transitioned and found myself in the telecom industry. I was in uh, management for over a decade. Um, managing several branches. And then I became a burnout case. I finally had a baby. So I left work and I was the stay at home mom. And this was an interesting thing. Maybe somebody's listening today. They could appreciate this. I knew at some point that I was going to leave work because I knew I needed to find my self worth apart from a title and apart from a paycheck. And so I literally went from wearing, you know, suits and pumps uh, and going into the city every day down here in Tampa to being a lady in the neighborhood that was, you know, strolling my daughter down the block and, and walking big time dogs in the neighborhood. And then at midlife, I transitioned again after homeschooling my daughter. I set out at midlife and I thought I'm going to be a blogger and write about uh, what it is that makes us happy from the inside out. And I've literally, at this point, undone all of the stops Everything I would have held back in the past, I'm doing, but I do it from that point, Linda, as you said, of being. Everything I do today, I do from the foundation of who I am, not what I am. And I'm inspiring everybody to go from that point of being on the inside and expressing themselves outwardly, not the other way around. And I'm telling you, it's a joyful place. It's an empowering place. And it's a place that will help change not only the individual, but everyone else in their wake. So yeah, it's been good. I, it's it's a long life journey, but um, it's very empowering. And it's for me, I think it's very centering. And I probably feel wealthier today than I did at any other time in my life, even though I don't have the same income I used to. No, I mean, you know, as you get older, your priority lists really shift. And what's important to you in your 20s and 30s isn't so important when you get into your 50s and 60s. It, you know, and, and that's a good thing. You know, you know, change is a good thing, and and if we start to embrace it a little bit more, rather than be afraid of it, uh, it, it's really good. And you know, we were talking about labels and jobs, and you know, you in law school, I think, and me in Wall Street, and and I think that we. We all, if we, we feel sometimes like phonies, you know, and someone is going to discover that we're not as smart or as happy or as whatever that they think we are. And I think that there's so many people that are going through that as well. What if they find out if I'm not all they think I am? You know, there's... Ooh, that's a powerful thought. And I don't think that involves just women. I have seen that appear in so many places where people do feel like, oh my gosh, what if somebody discovers I'm not all that? And I, that's where the being comes in. That's yeah. where the knowing of oneself, you know, you may have certain talents that you're really good at and other things. Maybe you're not that exceptional at, but maybe it's not all that you want to be. And growing into those places to be comfortable with who you are and even who you're not. 
those things that make you unique and that set you apart. And everyone at that point then gets an opportunity to be their own gem or their own expert in that arena that they've chosen to be. But um, that's that's a very profound thought, Linda, of, ooh, maybe I'm found out for not being all that. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think I think it's very common, especially in this world where, you know, it, that that everybody is, you know, there's such competition around and, and, and so much competition of, of, amongst women, which is, I think, is terrible. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, that that changes, that women will really help other women, uh, you know, do what, what they're meant to be doing rather than, than, you know, holding them back. But there's such insecurity. I mean, my, my former partner on Wall Street said that, you know, that, that thing, insecurity kills more people than, than any disease. Right. Insecurity and the anxiety that comes from it. You know, I'd yeah. like to believe that people are changing the way they see themselves, the way they see themselves in the world. I, believe it or not, never really saw myself as a female, even though I worked in a predominantly male environment, as did you. So for me, it wasn't too much of an issue, but neither was competition. I was in a highly competitive field. Again, not as competitive as Wall Street would be, but I would always look from within to say, how can I better myself? Not how can I be better than that next person? And I think that that was a healthy way of viewing things. And it also kept me anchored during times when I might have been otherwise tempted to do something I wouldn't have appreciated doing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I just think, you know, this reinvention thing, um, you just have to go through. I mean, for, for after Wall Street, then I started the, you know, the Real Cougar Woman blog, and then I, and then I wrote the book, and then I jumped to Shining Service, which is my charitable effort for women in the military. And I, and I don't think that's, that's the end, end yet. I think that there's more to come. And so if you just leave yourself open, you don't have to feel bad. It's not like you're abandoning these things or getting bored with them, but, you know, sometimes you just feel, okay, Let's see what happens. And you know, and well, I'm going to chime in here because mm-hmm. you guys have a different experience than I did. And you know, I tried on careers and I tried things on like Cinderella, like shoes that don't fit. And you know, I'm still trying to find the right career that fits or the right you know image that fits because I can't seem to sustain anything for any length of time. I mean, yes, I did finish college and yes, I have had good careers, but if you asked me to define myself, I would be like, well, I'm just me, and I. Where do these labels come from? Did you guys put them on yourselves? Did people put them on you? Did you get them from your parents, your peers? Like, where is the root of this? Lynn, did you want to go first? Uh, I think both, Sandra. I think think other people put them on you, and I think that you put them on yourself. I would agree. And then you believe it. But it's not real. I would agree. Go ahead. I don't there want to I interrupt I you, I killed Linda. the episode. No, I just killed the episode <laughs> with my question. You guys were on a roll, and then I just blew it full of holes. Okay. No, I, I We've got only a couple a minutes left um, to break. I want to oh, go ahead, Linda. You're a single mom, and you have two boys to support. So, you, you know, you don't, you don't have the luxury of all of this free time and, and doing, doing things um, exactly the way that you want it because you have a responsibility to raise your family. It puts you in a very different position. So I think women have to realize that, too. Your turn will come, but right now you're, in, you're still in your earning years. 
Right, in the trenches. Because I, I really listen to you guys, and I don't, I, I've never even really thought about some of this stuff. Maybe you don't Thanks have for to. Something to worry about. <laughs> Sandra, maybe you don't have to right now. And I totally agree with Linda. You know, there was a time when I knew I had a corporate job and there were things I said no to because I didn't want to have to travel. There were times when I was bringing up my daughter and I focused in on those things that were important at that point. And then at midlife, I thought now there is absolutely nothing holding me back. My daughter's grown up. She's on her own. And now I'm speaking internationally. There is nothing holding me back. And I just want to give you, if I can, one little thing for you to do as homework, Sandra. I want you to close your eyes when you get to bed tonight, put your hand on your heart, and I want you to go back and find times when you were growing up and look for times when you were smiling or laughing. And I want you to remember those times because in there are the seeds of the things that you really are, the things that you love, the things you really relate to. Start following them and eventually, who knows when, they will start becoming more and more a part of your life. And just like Linda said, we are evolutionary and every era, every time period has the next thing for us. And what a wonderful way to look at life and to look at personal development and increased happiness. Wonderful. Okay. I want to thank Linda Franklin for being not only my friend, my mentor, but my partner on Powered Up Talk Radio. I want to thank uh, Maura Sweeney. You can check her out at mauraforyou.com. Now, if you like today's episode, check us out on iTunes under Powered Up Talk Radio. You can also go to toginet, that's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com, and find Powered Up Talk Radio. We've got about 60 hours of great programming like this to help you be yourself, find yourself, be true to yourself, and live your best Best life possible for Maura Sweeney, Sandra Beck, Powered Up Talk Radio, Linda Franklin, and Toginet Radio. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back again next week. That's mauraforyou.com, toginet.com, and poweredup.talkradio.com. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and